And very shortly, we're also going to hear from our federal member for Durack, Melissa Price, who's actually with us right now. Damien Callanan here, and you're listening to Sandy Dan on Country Affairs. And so am I. Yeah. Covering a lot of remote areas across our region from the studios of Galari Media. We welcome Melissa Price, our federal member for Durack. Hello, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Sandy. Don't you just love the Pickram Brothers? You really... I was sitting at the mangrove then, looking out over the... <laughs> looking out over the ocean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're making me feel like that's just what I want to do right now. Maybe, you know, Friday night as the sun's going down. But, uh, anyway, we can't do that yet. We can't do that yet. We've still got restrictions, but it's something to look forward to. Well, maybe, because there's going to be some announcements uh, this coming weekend, I understand. Slowly, slowly, but uh, it'll happen over uh, a couple of months and it'll be worth waiting for. And I understand you return back to Canberra next week yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I've just been spent the last four weeks um, in the Midwest and uh, come back to, to Perth, a bit more ministerial work here and... Then heading to Canberra, what's today, Friday, Sunday, heading heading to Canberra on Sunday. We've got Parliament is sitting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, you know, the, the legislative uh, desire is still there. There's still, you know, laws we still need to make and the, the laws won't make themselves, Sandy. So it, it'd, be, it'd be really good to get back to Canberra and get some sort of level of normality. At this stage, we don't know how many of us will be allowed to be in the chamber. That's still to be determined. But it will be good to get back and, you know, for me to, you know, get some face-to-face time with my ministerial staff, who most of them are based in Canberra. So it'll be good. It'll be very good. And, and after that, you know, we still don't know what the sitting calendar looks like. But, you know, it's a good start. And, I'm, yeah, I'm pleased. It's, for me, it's a sign that things are starting to get back to normal. And, you know, we desperately need, I, I know from a business perspective in the Kimberley, we do need things to get back to normal for sure. And have you fallen to the trap, Melissa, like a lot of people? I know I have over the last few weeks, uh, being in lockdown, uh, getting amongst it in the pantry there. In the pantry? Well, I have been cooking more, which is, you know, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in any one place. And that's been, the, you know, I guess the upside of, of COVID-19 is indeed that there are some upsides of being in the one place. And I, I, I realised I, I wasn't a bad cook, Sandy. <laughs> So I I really enjoy cooking dinner and my partner, Brad, I think I've I've had dinner with him every night for about, you know, eight weeks and I think he still, I think he still likes me, so that's good. (laughs) And I think it's been been nice to to do some cooking, but I think uh, normally, as you know, Sandy, I spend so much time on planes, I feel like my food is always, what I eat is determined by Qantas. So, in fact, it's been quite nice for me to decide what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat it. So, yeah, I've really, I've really, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the food that I've eaten. I don't think I've put on weight because, of course, we're all exercise. We've had a bit more time to exercise, which has also been a really, really positive thing and so lovely to see families out. You know, a lot of, a lot of dads who have had an opportunity to get home a bit earlier or they've been working from home, seeing families out together. It's, you know, I hope these are some of the things that we can keep. <laughs> hopefully people have enjoyed this, this family time. Hopefully they'll they'll enjoy it a bit more once we get to the other side. 
Yeah. Like I said, you've been all over the Midwest. You're also the Minister for Defence Industries. Any major announcements there? Well, we've had oh, a, a very big week. Um, we've got a, um, a new plane, which we're, we're developing. We're together with Boeing called the Loyal Wingman, which the federal government's invested $40 million. And I think this will be the, the first time that we've developed this type of technology. It's, it's an unmanned aircraft so that's uh, got, got the rest of the globe watching us to see what we're doing and in, in shipbuilding they've they've bought two hulls together to make one for the new OPV vessel which is being built in South Australia they're only building two in South Australia then they're going to build the rest in Western Australia so that's been pretty exciting to, to think that those sorts of incredible engineering feats that we'll be able to see them down in Henderson, just down in, near Rockingham in Western Australia before too long. So there's there's a lot happening. Um, Defence industry, we've really been pushing the, the cash flow as quickly as we can to make sure that effectively we're saving jobs. We're making sure that the contractors are... And there's billions and billions of dollars, like $6 billion dollars, um, in the last six weeks or so that's been paid and a lot of it's been paid early to make sure that the prime contractors, the major contractors are getting paid early and then they then, and, and I'm really, really pleased that, that they will also then pay their subcontractors as quickly as possible. And by doing that, we've just made sure that there's that cash flow through the economy and, uh, yeah, I'm really, really proud of what we've been able to achieve. So, you know, I'm no doubt that we've saved many jobs by doing that. And what's the feedback been like from uh, constituents out there that have had the opportunity to touch base with you since uh, and during the lockdown? Yeah, well, I think people have been very for, for those who've been able to access the job keeper, and I was talking to um, some people this morning, small cafe. That that that's been able that's been a lifeline for them. They've been able to. You know, Put, put, put their own food on their table and, and just, just keep the walls from the door. But, you know, I, I know only too well from the many people that I've engaged with in terms of the Kimberley, you know, and I would say the Kimberley, if, if it's not the worst hit region in Australia, it's very close to that. I don't need to tell you, Sandy, with respect. And there'll be parts of the Northern Territory that are in exactly the same situation as well, just from a tourism and hospitality perspective. And, and if we don't have some sign that we've got at least the July school holidays to look forward to, you know, they can effectively kiss goodbye the dry season and for a lot of them they won't turn a dollar for 18 months because before we know it we'll be back into the wet season. So it's it's very dire um, out there for those tourism operators in Kimberley and I really feel for them and um, I wrote to the Premier this week um, requesting very respectfully that consideration be given to a pathway for um, lifting the restrictions. As you know, in the Kimberley, there's there's actually three separate sets of restrictions um, that the, the Kimberley um, needs to contend with. And if we, if we don't have an opportunity for people to make some money over the July school holiday period, I, I, you know, I really fear for many businesses in the Kimberley. So let's hope there's common sense. And, and of course, a, a lot of the restrictions are put in place, as well you know, Sandy, because we need to protect um, our Indigenous Australians in the Kimberley and no-one is suggesting that we shouldn't continue to, to do that. But the fact that we still have the, the hard border, so we, we obviously need to ensure we don't have people coming into Western Australia, into the Kimberley, from the eastern states. And I, 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 I'm convinced that we should keep those borders in place for a very long time. 
but it's the internal borders in Western Australia. I would really like to see those lifted sooner rather than later. Because mm, it's interesting with where you sit, Melissa, a lot of the restrictions with Aboriginal uh, communities are very much are with you being our federal member. Yes. Well, there's, there's, as I said, there's, there's three sets of restrictions. The first one is the biosecurity restrictions, which was placed on by the federal government in agreement with the, the West Australian State, Northern Territory and Queensland. That's, that's the first set of restrictions that went on. And then the state government then put in uh, regional boundary restrictions so you couldn't come from the Pilbara into the Kimberley or indeed from the Midwest into the Pilbara. And then in addition to that, you've got another state-based restriction which is the, the Shire restriction so you can't go, as you know, from from Derby into Broome or from, from Derby up into Kununurra. So there's three separate lots of restrictions and um, we've got to start with the biosecurity restrictions, it's my, my humble opinion, and that the state government needs to request that the federal government lift those. And I know the Northern Territory is requesting for them to be lifted as well. That's going to be... Very interesting watching that over the next uh, few weeks. But then again, uh, July is pretty much a, a month and a half away with that one. I, I believe you also had a good yarn with Elan Jolla from the Chamber of Commerce, the CEO here in Broome as well recently. Yeah, that was a really good event. It was uh, run by the Chamber of Commerce with, with Elaine and uh, Peter Taylor, who's the president of the Broome Chamber of Commerce. They had effectively a, a sort of a, a Zoom coffee catch-up, um, you know, digital catch-up. Um, and we received uh, a number of questions beforehand, and, you know, questions from the business community. And I believe there were about 25 people who were on the meeting uh, who, who also got to ask questions as well. And together with Dean Smith, um, my um, senator colleague from Western Australia, and it was a really good, really good chat, really good yarn, as, as you would say, Sandy, um, about the issues that the business community in the Kimberley is facing. But also there were questions around JobKeeper and eligibility for JobKeeper, um, issues relating to just the behaviour of banks. Um, I mean, I was talking to um, Elsa Archer from Derby the other day and she was saying that the, the banks are are limiting their hours of opening, which, you know, this is this is taking it to a whole new level and I must find out what's happening in Broome because that's just, you know, things were hard enough for the business community, but, you know, if they start, the banks are limiting their hours that they're open, that's only going to make life harder for people. So, anyway, I digress. But, you know, there was a real full range of topics that we discussed. One of the issues that we talked a lot about was what's, you know, if there's going to be a stimulus package for the Kimberley from the federal government or indeed for, for the Northern Territory and... I talked through a billion-dollar regional stimulus fund that the federal government's got um, and what it's been investing in. Um, we talked a bit about the NAIF, which is the Northern Australia Infrastructure Fund, and you know how that has been uh, been able allow, allowing people to invest in you know different types of infrastructure. So it was a really really good conversation. But you know the, the message is they're hurting, and if, if we cannot get some semblance of a dry season, then, you know, many of them are going to go to the wall, especially those who've got assets they need to maintain, Sandy. Because if with no income, you can't maintain that charter boat. And you have to. You've got to maintain it. Can you do anything? Same with ch charter aircraft. You've got to maintain it. Where are you going to get the income from to do that? 
Well, we can be creative for one thing, being uh, remote and having that distance uh, between us and our brothers and sisters in the city. Can you do anything for them at all? Well, what I've been fighting for is to get a specific fund to support the hospitality and tourism operators, particularly in the Kimberley. And as I said, there'll be a number of um, organisations that are in exactly the same situation in the Northern Territory as well. So I have had conversations with the Treasurer and the Deputy Prime Minister about the plight of the tourism operators. And and I have some uh, sympathy and I really value this idea of a particular grant program to support the assets, you know, th- there would be little value in, in having a grant program where, I don't know, every every tourism operator got, you know, pick a number, $10,000. Frankly, it's not going to help very much. Um, but, but for those who've got assets that they must maintain to make sure that they're in place for 2021, then I'm, I'm really pushing for them, for there to be a specific grants program for them. Fair enough, they've worked hard for what they've got there anyway. Absolutely. And of course, going back to Canberra next week, uh, what are you expecting with self-distancing and how it's all going to look at the big houses? Uh, a lot of room there to manoeuvre with long corridors and uh, <laughs> all of those windy little places. It'll be, wow, interesting. Yeah. So, as I said at the outset, there's no set number of people that are going to be allowed into the chamber, but when you, you might have seen the last time that Parliament sat, I believe we only had... I didn't go, I wasn't required to go. There was about 30 of my colleagues on, on our side of the chamber, and, and I expect we'll do the same. So we're there for three days, so they may just um, sort of mix it up a bit. So some people will go in one day and sit in the chamber during question time and other... Um, times when we're making legislation and, and then they'll, you know, there'll be a different group of people the following day. But that's all still to be resolved. But, you know, we're not taking all our staff. There's only my, my Canberra staff that are based there. For those who are based in Broome and I've got a few staff in Perth, but they won't come because, you know, really, we, we you know, we're still trying to ensure we've got social distancing and making sure people are, are kept safe and, and healthy. And uh, so, you know, we have the limited amount of people in Parliament House. And yeah. I, well, it won't be open to the public either. And that's, that's part of the issue with Parliament House in terms of the spread of COVID-19, why we were so concerned about Parliament House, just because of the amount of people that go through there as visitors. So it's best that we keep those doors closed for now. It sounds like it'll all be stagnated there. Hope you've got your mask, Melissa, Andy, and your... Hand sanitizer, and it's all go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So that, yeah, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. it, it you know, as you said, it's it's sort of a, a semblance of of normality, and you know, I think the sooner we can get back to normal life, the sooner the economy can recover, and you know, providing we're people keeping people safe and healthy, of course, that's still the priority. <laughs> it's always a priority talking to you, uh, Melissa, and it's just. Fantastic as always, uh, touching base, and we'll talk soon. Good on you, Sandy. Thanks very much, and you look after yourself. You too. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Sandy. Bye-bye. Melissa Price, she's our federal member for Jurak. Going back into the Lions Den World Parliament next week. They've got the sittings there and has really been busy.
during the lockdown period all over the Midwest uh, and fulfilling her obligations as the Minister for Defence Industries.